You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 132. In this episode of the podcast, I was honored to have Walter Mosley as my guest. He is one of the most versatile and admired writers in America. He's the author of more than 60 critically acclaimed books. He's most well known for his crime fiction, including the iconic Easy Rollins Mysteries, in 2013, Mosley was inducted into New York State's Writers Hall of Fame, and he's a winner of numerous awards, including the Anno Henry Award, the Mystery Writers of America's Grand Master Award, a Grammy, several NAACP Image Awards, and PEN America's Lifetime Achievement Award. In 2020, he was named the recipient of the Robert Kirsch Award for Lifetime Achievement from the Los Angeles Times Festivals of Books. He was born and raised in L.A. and now lives in Brooklyn and in Los Angeles. His latest novel is Blood Grove, which is the 15th novel in the Easy Rollins Mysteries. And I received an advanced copy and enjoyed it thoroughly. It's out uh, today, February 2nd. Uh, so go uh, get yourself a copy of uh, Blood Grove. It was a real honor to talk to Walter Mosley about his uh, legendary career, uh, about his writing process, uh, about the diversity in uh, literature, and a whole lot more. Uh, so stay tuned for that interview coming here in just a second. Before I get to the interview, I'd like to tell you about uh, Walter Mosley's Masterclass. I've been a big fan of the uh, classes available over at Masterclass. Uh, so far, I've uh, taken the uh, James Patterson, Dan Brown, David Baldacci, uh, those are the writing ones. And now Walter Mosley has his uh, masterclass. And I took that last week and it was uh, amazing. Such great advice uh, to be able to learn writing from somebody like uh, Walter Mosley. And in the podcast, uh, there's a very interesting behind the scenes story of how that masterclass came together. So make sure you listen to that. But I do highly recommend you go check that out. Thrillingreads.com forward slash Mosley class, all one word. And uh, you'll be able to access uh, that masterclass and many others. And of course, that is an affiliate link and is a great way to support this podcast. So that's thrillingreads.com forward slash Mosley class. All right, let's get on to the interview with uh, Walter Mosley. Uh, so excited to have uh, Mr. Mosley on the podcast. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to be here. I received an advanced copy of uh, Blood Grove and enjoying it very much. And um, I was kind of thinking in the, in the beginning of the book, it wasn't so much about solving the murder, but even trying to, for easy Rawlings to try to figure out if there was a murder because the body disappeared. So I kind of wondered if that was uh, an idea that you'd been mulling around in your head for, for a while before you started to write the Blood Grove. No, no. I just, you know, I, I, that, you know, when, I don't know. Sometimes I know exactly what I'm going to write. You know, I, it, it just makes sense. But most often I don't. You know, Easy's there and he's in this uh, place. He's going through his own experiences, which, you know, uh, are going to somehow uh, reverberate with, with, with the case that he's gone. But I don't know what that's going to be. And then, um, you know, so a guy comes in. He says, uh, I don't know. I, I think I might have killed somebody. I don't know. And, you know, and he's saying, well, if you don't know them, maybe we should just let it go. You know, you know, it, it, it the only the only thing we can find out is that you're in trouble We're, right now. You're not in trouble. And, you know, it's, and it's a it's a white guy. But the white guy's a veteran and Easy's a veteran and, and easy identifies with him much in the way that you know people identify racially. You know, they've had that experience, the experience of war. Um, and, you know, that's and so we, you know, we follow it and. Um, is the guy dead? Isn't he dead? Well, 
the question is, is, did this guy kill him? And after a while, it's not even that. After a while, that guy doesn't matter anymore. The guy who's hired him. And it's just Easy's uh, gotten too far into a case that he shouldn't be into. So he has to deal with it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that that, that part, the bond between Easy and the the, the Craig Killian character. Like Easy was a vet of World War II. Craig is a Vietnam vet. This is set in '69, um, and they're like dealing with the PTSD. But I don't even know if it was addressed as PTSD back in those days. No, it, it was not. You know, was, they call it shell shock. You know, uh, battle fatigue. They had, it had different names then, but you know, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Did you when you when you started to write this? Did you look into that? Did you talk to people who are combat vets with PTSD? I kind of wonder what you're. Oh no, I didn't uh, do that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, yeah, I've read stuff, I know stuff, you know, but, you know, that, that idea, you know, of, I mean, there's some writers, you know, who I love, you know, like Elmore Leonard, Elmore, he, he researched everything and I love <laughs> his books, you know, but, um, but no, I just, uh, I, I just figure out I, I can follow, there's, there's so much, you know, I mean, this starts dealing with the stuff starts with Freud, uh, you know, and, and, um, and, and veterans of world war one, you know, who have all these, uh, you know, uh, uh, hysterical and, and neurotic responses, uh, which are, you know, purely uh, emotional and, and, and not at all uh, physical, though they, it has physical manifestations. Uh, you know, I just I just work, you know, so I mean, I do know stuff. I just didn't go interview people. Yeah, I guess yeah. I, talked to, I talked to vets before. I don't consider that vet interviewing, though, you know. Yeah, I really like that from uh, from your writing styles and, and when you talk about writing fiction that, um, yeah, because like you said, you, you, read, you, you read about some other authors who are like, like they're going, they're flying jets and these all this research. I'm like, wow. So it kind of like puts it out of like, maybe I can't do that, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, well, you know, research is so interesting, you know, because then you know all this stuff which has nothing to do with the story. And, you know, I think Mishner was the one who, like, got me the most with that. He knew so much stuff, and he wrote it all down, and I was completely not interested. <laughs> I, I might have been interested if I was reading some, you know, something else. Now, of course, a long time ago, when you have somebody like um, uh, Herman Melville, who, I mean, he wasn't doing research. He was actually, you know, on a whaling ship. Uh, but uh, and but that was a time when you didn't have the Internet, when you didn't have television, when you didn't have radio. Most people didn't get daily newspapers that if you want to explain to people how the world worked, uh, this is another thing. Today, it's it's mostly about, you know, psychology and, and people's emotions, you know, and, and, and that's, it's so much of, of, of modern day fiction is about character. Um, and so, you know, I'm worried about my characters and, and they're all different. I mean, even if two people have PTSD, it's not the same thing. It's not like, you know, you have COVID-19. Even COVID-19, it's not the same thing. You know, I mean, <laughs> everybody's different. So, well, how did you respond? So I couldn't breathe. Well, how did you respond? Well, I couldn't taste anything. You know, I mean, it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's people who didn't even know they have it. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. How did you respond? I don't know. I didn't know I had it until three months later. Yeah. And I think about, about reading the uh, Blood Grove is um, easy. You, easy's navigating through the racial tensions of the 60s, the Watt riots and all that. And then everything that happened in the summer here, last summer in the States with uh, George Floyd. Uh, were you done writing this book when all that happened? I was wondering what your take is on all that because it was like. Yeah, I had already been finished. I'm sorry, I finished this book. I mean, a lot of the things that, you know, that are, you know, that happened, the people that are new for people. 
you know, are, is, is these things aren't new for most, you know, black people in America. Most people who, you know, have who live close to the streets of America, you know, it, it's 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 terrible the things that happen, but they're not surprising. Uh, you know, I, you know, easy, you know, and one part of this book, I mean, he gets, he gets stopped by the police. He's, he's going this way. They stop him. He's going that way. And they stop him. He goes the other way, you know, because he's driving a Rolls Royce because a guy couldn't pay him. So he gave him this Rolls Royce. And, and it finally, easy says, I can't, I got to give this car away. I can't drive it because I can't be a detective in a Rolls Royce, um, which, which is kind of wonderful, I think, you know, but, but um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, Racism wasn't invented along with the cell phone, you know, but the cell phone uh, exposes racism in such, you know, interesting, you know, ways. You, you can actually watch something happen because anybody can take a, a film of it, which is, you know, which is, which, you know, I mean, it's a wonderful thing, you know, and it's also a terrible thing because, you, you know, you're watching, you know, people getting, you know, destroyed all over the place. Um but no, I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't really need to do research on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's such a good point, too, because, yeah, it's, a, it's always been there. But now because of social media and everyone's got a got a camera in their pocket, it's just uh, nuts. Everyone's uh, seeing what's been going on all these years that might have not known. And uh, Yeah, and, and a lot of people you talk to them, so, well, God, you know, it's happening so much nowadays. <laughs> and and, I, and I'm, I'm always saying, no, it's happened every day for the last four centuries, every single day. And, uh, you know, and really, even when you say that to people, it's hard for them to believe. Mm -hmm. They say, well, then why didn't I know? I said, because there were no cell phones. And it's hard. People say, come on, it's not just that. I mean, people could talk about it. I say, yeah, people talked about it and you didn't believe it. You know, that that becomes, you know, the thing, you know, so so me writing about easy all through, you know, through the, you know, through the, the really until it starts in the 30s in into the 40s uh, and all the way up to now to the 60s. And now I'm going to be in the 70s. You know, it's it's, uh, it's an important thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm seeing that now, too, with um, there's a lot of talk about the from agents and about writing with more diverse characters and you have that own voices hashtag and all that stuff and. And you've been writing diverse characters for 30 years. Did you get a lot of pushback when you tried to publish that first book or? Well, no, I didn't get pushback on, on, on doing the, the, the first uh, mystery, you know, because, you know, mystery is a certain kind of form that everybody reads. And so, you know, so there's a lot of open up, though, I, you know, I find a lot of people uh, years ago, I was talking to Jonathan Demi. He wanted to do a, a movie about the Leonid McGill series and he says, you know, I, I'd like to do easy. He says, you know, but, you know, you concentrate too much on the racial conflict in there. And, and you know, and I can see, you know, because for him, this it's overdoing it. It's like, you know, the other day I, I'm, I'm writing a, a, a TV show right now. And, and, and there's a, a, a lovely young black woman in the hood uh, in, in a big city. And, you know, she's walking down streets now. She's a lovely young black woman. Men are stopping her every block, every two blocks. They're talking to her. And, and, and one guy came to me and said, you know, you're doing too much of that. And, and yeah, I said, that's right. It happens too much, but it does happen too much. You know, the thing is, is that are you going to say what it's like? Or are you going to say, well, you know, one guy did it and another guy did it and she didn't like it, you know? No, it's different. You know, one guy did it. Another guy did it. Third guy did it. She stabbed him. You know, it's like, that's where we want to go. 
Yeah, it's part of the storytelling process, right? Like you always say, yeah. like write what's really happening, what's really going on in the in yeah. in the in that world. Those things that are important, you know, mm-hmm. the things that are really happening, they're important. I'm not going to sit and talk about how many people are talking on cell phones, you know, because that's not important. But of course, that's another thing that's happening all over the place, you know. Yeah, you mentioned that with the Easy Rawlings uh, series that it's it's now spanning like 20, 30 years. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, how do you keep track of all that? Is that do you have like a big serious Bible document or? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know I know more or less you know what I've done and where I'm going. I'm not. It's not too repetitive. I'm not making too many mistakes. You know, but you know it's it's true about everything. You know, you can't be perfect. The idea of of kind of worrying about perfection uh, in in film and in, in writing and uh, in, in, in painting and any kind of art. You know, the thing is saying, look. I'm creating an image that you're seeing and imagining, you know, the, the fact that there might be a mistake here or there, that's, that's being human and being human is what we are. You're such an influential writer. Um, what writers influenced you when you were, uh, cause you didn't get started till you're in your thirties, right? I mean, it was- it's true. I didn't, I didn't start writing. You know, it, it's interesting. You know, it's, it's such a, it, it's a complex question to answer. Who are the biggest influences on me? Well, um, one of them, of course, is uh, Jack Kirby in Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm reading comic books and comic books are telling me stories that, that, that excite me, that make, that, that make me excited. And then, of course, I read a lot of, you know, novels, you know, uh, Treasure Island when I was, you know, maybe in my teens. And then uh, Winnie the Pooh when I was even younger. Um, you know, books, Tom Swift, all, all of these kind of books the kids read that they're so excited about. I mean, a child reading is is the is actually the deepest reader because they pay attention to everything and, and they actually create um, that world. It's it's less, you know, you know, I'm listening. I love Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Uh, I, I love uh, uh, Langston Hughes. Uh, I, I, you know, I love you know, Mark Twain. I mean, there's a lot of people that I've read that that I like, but even more than all of those people, even more than Marvel Comics, is my father, who's a great storyteller. And, and, and as a storyteller, uh, you know, he would tell a story about something and people would laugh. You know, you, your family would get together and one guy's telling a story and it's just so amazing. You know, people are laughing and laughing and you're going, well, this is this is the you know what I want to do. I want to tell stories, you know, but it's it's not so much about literature. One of the one of the big problems, I think, that that. People were having, I don't know if they're having it now, but it certainly was 20 years ago and a little bit before, uh, writers writing about writers writing. You know, I'm saying, I'm not interested in writers writing. I'm interested in the world that I live in. I'm interested in, you know, in Los Angeles. I'm interested in America. I'm interested in men and women. You know, I'm interested in in, 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 the, in the conflict and, 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 and the, 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 you know, even the dialectic between, um, peoples and nations. Uh, and, and so those are the stories that I, that I want to tell. And, and, and that's the world that I want to talk about. Yeah. I think that's also, uh, I read a quote of yours saying that, you know, that sometimes it's, it's good to start later in life because you have more life experience. So like, you know, for somebody who's 50 years old and think, Oh, it's too late now. I mean, it really is never too late to start, start writing. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a bad time to start trying to be a gymnast if you're in your fifties, <laughs> but, but, uh, but uh, writing, you know, and, and, and m- many art, much of art, you know, painting, uh, uh, <coughs> sculpture is, is pretty physical, but even sculpture, you know, you, 
the more you know, the, the, the more sophisticated you are in understanding it. You know, if you're, you know, 18 and you've been having sex for two years and you want to write about sex, you probably don't know that much about it. And, you know, and the things that you really know, you're probably not going to write about. And um, and you may not even know what you really know. But as you get older, as you have more experience, as that experience deepens, uh, you know, and some people listen. A, a good friend of mine is is the the Haitian writer Edwige Nantica. Uh, Edwige is, you know, she she lived through. She was in Port-au-Prince, in the worst part of Port-au-Prince, um, as a child, and and her experience was vast. You know, but you know, most young people in America, you know, they go into school, they come home, they go to school, they come home, they get high, they have a little sex, they do this and that. But there's no, there's no real there's nothing really on the line and you, you have to really have, you know, have something on the line to actually have something to say. You know, I really enjoyed, um, uh, you, you have a book on, on about the writing process, the elements of fiction, and I've been enjoying, I've been taking your masterclass uh, over there, your teachings on that masterclass site. Yeah. Yeah. And I've really been enjoying that. Um, what's a, what attracts you to, to teach about the writing or try to help others, others about writing? Well, I think the two books, you know, this year you write your novel and elements of fiction. I often, you know, will be give, do be some place I'll be giving a reading and some somebody will ask a question. It, it sounds one way, but really what they're asking is, how do you write a novel? Yeah. And I, I and I think, wow, if I only had like 40 minutes just to talk, I could I could explain it. But, you know, you never have 40 minutes to you know, have that kind of talk. And people get, you know, uh, you know, they, they say, come on, let's go. Hurry up. We, you know, we got to get our books on. We need to go home. Um, and so I, that's when I wrote the first one. This year you write your novel. And, and this year you write your novel is a book for anybody. Anybody who wants to write a novel this year can read that book and it will tell them how. Now, they'll decide whether or not they're going to do it. Uh, Elements of Fiction goes deeper. It's, it's a deeper dive into what writing fiction is about and what character development is about and, and, and you know, what, you know, theme and, and uses of poetry, all that stuff. Um, and, you know, masterclass, they invited me to do it. You know, they're really nice. They, they, it's a really nice thing They you know, they you know, pay you. It's, it's a good thing, you know, so, you know, and I've already done it. So I said, well, you know, I'll come, I'll come do it here and, you know, people can listen. I know a lot of people, aren't so much, you know, don't really learn that much from reading and when they learn more from seeing something and, and, and hearing about it. Yeah. They seem to have it down to a, to pretty good science. Do, do you uh, kind of curious about the whole production process with the masterclass? Did they do it in LA and you school? Oh my God. It was so interesting. Uh, you know, it's the middle of COVID, right? Yeah. <laughs> and there's hardly any place where they could get a crew because they do a real, you know, they got a crew of like 80 people oh, and they sh- and they shoot this, you know, f- they shoot you in you know, this film, you know? So uh, they they said, well, well the, only, the only place really that we can do this with, you know, no trouble is Iceland. And I said, you know, I live in New York, but I'm in L.A. right now. I, I got, you know, stuck in L.A. with COVID, you know, with COVID happening. And. So I said, "Oh, don't worry. We're gonna fly. we'll fly you to Iceland." <laughs> they did. They flew. I was on this plane. They flew me to Iceland. Uh, I, you know, I, I spent like a week doing this thing, and you know, it was really wild. You know, and then I came home. Oh, wow, that is crazy. Dude. I would have never known you were in Iceland. It looks like you're in like in the, a studio, like your like a library. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, it, it it looks like you know something else. But I I was in Iceland doing this thing. It was it was very cool. I really enjoyed it. You know. And I'd never been to, you know, Reykjavik. So it was, it was wild, you know, just to see it. Yeah, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. And then um, 
You know, oh, I was actually, I was reading, I read one of your reviews for Bloodgrove on, from Kirkus, and they, yeah. they mentioned that you actually had thought of killing Easy Rawlings off. Uh, is that really true? Yeah. And, yeah. Blonde Faith, at the end of Blonde Faith, he's, you know, he's, he's had a drink, drank for the first time. He's uh, driving barefoot, up, uh, 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 you know, uh, Highway 1, you know, on the ocean. And he, and he, and he, he, there's a car in front of me. He's so upset. He's, I'm going to pass that car. But he passed the car, and all of a sudden a truck is coming. And so, and really, I I was just riding. I, I didn't know where I was going. And then the truck is coming, so he gets goes to the left even more. And you know, there's a you know a, a dirt you know kind of side a shoulder. And then all of a sudden that gives out, and he goes just goes off a cliff. And I went, and I I stopped riding. I went, wow. I guess he's dead. <laughs> you know, that's what I thought. You know, and I said, well, okay. You know, I wrote it. And I had been thinking, you know, my my books had not, you know, I mean, I like my books, but they weren't new. They weren't new stories. And I said, all right, Easy Rollins is dead. I'll, I'll move on, you know. And so I had done that. But then four or five years later, I realized it was because I had passed the time of my father, you know, the stories, you know, telling my father's story and his, you know, his people, his family. And uh, and so then I. Uh, now I had to tell my own stories. And when I realized that, I started writing the new one, Little Green, and, uh, and then Charcoal Joe, and, you know, like that. And so I was you know, happy again. Yeah, you, you, you created such iconic characters. What's your process for that, for, or for like an aspiring writer that's listening to this and creating a character like Easy Rollins? Or... You know, this, that is like a really hard question to answer. Of all questions, and it sounds like it should be simple. You know, I'm I'm just writing about you know people, and I, I you know, and I and I come from a a place and a culture where people a lot of people have nicknames, mm-hmm. <clears throat> a lot of people are you know you know like you know like any anything like in crime like you know like like you know everybody in in the in the uh, in uh, in the mafia the Cosa Nostra <laughs> and all different they they have names like you know Abe Rallis, who was one of the major guys. In, in, in Murder Incorporated, they didn't call him Abe. They called him Kid Twist because he used to choke people. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And it's like, whoa, right. You know, and that's just the way I think. I said, you know, you don't, you know, you don't call him, you know, oh, oh John. You know, there's <laughs> enough Johns. Okay, I, I do have a John, John the bartender. But he owns that name so perfectly that, you know, even there, it's special. It's not John. It's John the bartender. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What about your writing process? Because I know that you, I know you get to ask this all the time, um, but I really love that the, the big thing that you that, that you tell people is write every day. Can you tell us a little oh, yeah. bit about that? Well, listen, you know, I look at, at writing the way that psychoanalysis worked when it worked. You know, psychoanalysis isn't really a, a, a viable a, a therapeutic system today. But but back in Freud's time, when people were having these hysterical responses uh, uh, to thing, you know, sexual events in their lives or the war, you know, the, you know World War One, uh, what he would do is he every day you would come in, you lie down on a couch, and you would free associate. Uh, therapists would say a thing or two, but not too much. Then you go home. And while you're sleeping, all the things that you're talking about connect to things to your unconscious. And when you wake up the next day, there are new things and you come into therapy. And, and, and to a great degree, that, that form of therapy, you were actually healing yourself. Hmm. You know, by talking, everyone's one of the therapists might say, well, oh, you said this, oh, you said that, but not so much. Um, 
I think the same thing is true with most art. If you're if you're writing a, a story, if you're telling a, a story about Easy Rollins, or you're telling stories about Socrates Fortlow or, or King Oliver, one one of the people I'm writing about, um, you, uh, you while you're you're right you're right you're writing, all of these new ideas are happening in your head. You're not thinking about them. You're just thinking about what you're trying to write. Then you put that away. You go home. You go to sleep. The whole day, that night, the next morning, finally you get back to the, the page again, and there are all these new ideas in your head. They came from what you were thinking yesterday. Every day you do that, you get deeper into who you are and, and what kind of story you're telling. You know, every day, every day, every day, every day. When you stop writing a day, things start to float away. Two days, they're even farther. Three days, you got to start from the beginning again. If you're writing a novel, you, you, you put off three days, you might as well just start from the first page and read it and say, what did I do? You know, uh, and so so that's why I think that, right, and you know, there are a few people, I know Seminon didn't work like that, but so many people, uh, I find it's so useful for them to keep on doing it. It's better to write 20 minutes every day than uh, eight hours uh, a day on the weekend. You know what I mean? That, that because you're slowly building up the, 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 the fiction in your mind. Yeah. And that's, it really catches up to you too. When you stop writing all of a sudden, you know, you dig yourself in this hole and it's been a month and you haven't written anything. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're lost because you're not, you're, because it's not in your head when you write every day, it's, it's inside you. And, and when it's inside you, you, you know how to, you say, okay, uh, easy is like this. Mouse is like that. Uh, the, you know, the, these people are doing this. And, you know, one day you wake up and say, oh, wow, I've been making a mistake for the last, you know, however long. I got to do it another way. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, it, it, anything that you do, I think, is worth doing all the time. You know, and listen, you talk about boxers. A boxer, uh, you know, hasn't fit, fought for, for a year. They get in the ring, and the first thing that the announcer starts talking about is, oh, looks like he got some ring rust. Uh-oh, <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, you get ring rust because you get further away, you know, from, from the important element of your life. Uh, I always wondered, too, like, do you ever get, like, false starts when you're writing something, or do you usually finish it through, see it through? <laughs> well, you know, writing is rewriting. So the, the whole first, the first uh, draft of a novel is a false start. You know, and I then you that. go through it and then you go through it and then you go through it, you know, it, but it's important to have that false start, you know? Yeah. So, and, and what is your writing process? So you start writing, do you like, um, you just use like a, a word doc, word document and you start writing on that or Microsoft yeah, Word? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, I do. I mean, and you know, for me, I mean, I'm an older dude, you know, I'm like 69, but um Back in the 70s, the beginning of early 70s, I became a computer programmer. So I've been working, you know, you know, writing electronically most of my life, most of my adult life. And so, you know, I you know, pull out the computer. That's that's what I write on naturally. All right. So what's next for you and for uh, Easy Rollins? Is there uh, I, I heard you say you're, that he's it's going into the 70s now. So there's more Easy Rollins coming. Uh, there will be and it will be in the 70s. However, right now, the next book I'm going to write is the. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the character that I, I started with in, down the river onto the sea, King Oliver, he's going to have a, a, a new case in New York. Uh, and then, I, you know, maybe I'm going to write about Socrates, which is not, you know, uh, you know, classically in the in the crime genre. Uh, and then, you know, after that, easy again, or maybe Leonid McGill. We'll see. 
you know. And of course, then maybe a novel might, you know, pop up, you know, somewhere in there. All right. Well, looking forward to it. And uh, the, your book is out now, uh, out February 2nd. But by the time they listen to this yeah. podcast, it'll be out. So go check okay. it out. Thank All you right. so much. It's great. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure talking to you. You too. Make sure to check out thrillingreads.com slash Mosley class to check out his masterclass. In his uh, masterclass, Walter Mosley teaches you how to rethink genres and the rules of fiction and how to approach writing your own novel. The uh, masterclass is broken into 13 sections, including uh, Walter Mosley's uh, writing process, uh, developing fictional characters, story versus plot, surviving the publishing industry, and a lot more. To learn more, go to thrillingweeds.com forward slash mostly class. That's all one word, mostly class. And uh, just a full disclosure, I am a member of Masterclass's affiliate program. So I do receive a commission if you order from that link. It's a great way to not only access the uh, wonderful Masterclass uh, from Walter Mosley, but it helps uh, support the podcast. So I do appreciate that. And to access the show notes for this episode and to uh, have access to more interviews, go to thrillerauthors.com. All right, thank you for listening to this episode and until next time.